Do you want to follow along with us? Go to the breadcrumbministries.com website and click on the Rhodes Devotional tab. There you will find your daily Bible verse, a link to the Bible verses themselves, and the Rhodes format. You can follow along with us for free. You can also purchase your very own Rhodes Devotional from our website to follow along from anywhere or buy one for a friend. I recently ran across a friend's posting asking where God was in the midst of tragedy. So I've titled this podcast, The Problem with Evil, Where is God When? You fill in the blank. Have you ever considered turning this question upside down? Why does anything good happen at all? It sounds upsetting in the midst of our pain, but the scripture tells us God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That's found in 1 John chapter 4, verses 5. I can imagine good only exists because God and His Spirit dwells among us. We are made in His image, so naturally we want and expect only good things, but we are also fallen. So what happens when that expectation is shattered? Well, we shatter. A piece of our heart shrivels up and goes dark. A sliver of our soul becomes tarnished and tainted by evil. Now, we can give in and side with that same anger rooted in the evil we've just witnessed or experienced, or we can press in to truly learn about our God and this powerful force that is our enemy and His. At times, I think we are all guilty of living our everyday lives, right? Especially if life is going well, and we have a preference or a tendency to forget we are in a spiritual war with evil. It seems like we are hardwired to look for unicorns and rainbows, and we typically shun others who don't share in our life philosophy, but the reality of life is that we are surrounded by death, sin, and the epitome of all spiritual evil. We try to stay willfully ignorant, but inevitably, everyone gets jolted out of this lull by its painful and shocking existence. Then we find ourselves asking questions like, where is God? Let me start off by saying God is right there where you are, and like you, he is grieved by all kinds of acts of evil. His heart breaks and he mourns at the darkness in our world. We are told that he shared in our suffering, and so he has also made a long-term plan for our escape from here. Jesus comforted his followers with these words, Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. John 14 verses 1 through 3. Now I want to spend some time defining evil. I could probably write this a hundred times and come up with a hundred more descriptions or experiences I left out or I could have included. This is not an exhaustive explanation, but I'm going to do my best to compile a good list from the Bible. Let's start off by defining these fallen creatures who have left God. At some point after their creation, angels in heaven had free will, just like we do now. They are creatures made with a certain amount of power, like we have a certain amount of power ourselves. We are told that there is a being of evil who has a lot of followers. 
Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Luke chapter 10 verses 18. We are first introduced to this fallen snake, aka Satan, in Genesis when he tempted Eve and her husband Adam with the fruit from a forbidden tree in the Garden of Eden. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Genesis chapter 3 verses 6. The snake questioned God's words and enticed the woman into a theological debate of meaning. He promises that eating of the fruit will open up her a type of third eye. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's in Genesis chapter 3. Then in Revelations 12, it paints a picture of a war among the angels where Satan is referred to as a devil and a red dragon. He slings a third of the stars to the earth with his tail during this battle. This is why many Christians believe a third of the angels rebelled and fell with Satan to the earth. But some still hold that this revelation reference is speaking of a meteor shower during the final years of tribulation. Jesus also confirms this passage, quote, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, unquote. Luke 10 verses 18. In the book of Hebrews and Daniel, we're given a glimpse of these men who receive visions and count the number of angels they see as thousands upon thousands. Daniel describes God as the Ancient of Days at the Judgment, where he describes innumerous amounts of angels. Quote, thousands upon thousands attend him. Ten thousands times ten thousands stood before him. Unquote. We can conclude if one third of the angels did fall from heaven with Satan, then the two thirds pictured here continue to serve and obey our Lord. Isaiah 14 is prophesying about the king of Babylon, and he speaks with overtones referring to Satan in the same way Jesus describes him. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn, you have been cast down to the earth. This is where some believe Satan was created as a musical, angelical being. Quote, all of your pomp has been brought down to the grave along with the noise of your harps. Unquote. Some believe these scriptures explain Satan's instinctual desire to possess and take control of the music world after his fall. We can't deny there is a satanic influence in American sound. The list of celebrities who have confessed to selling their soul to the devil or make reference to spirits other than self being inside their body and pushing to influence them are endless and they include famous artists such as Katy Perry, Nicole Scherzinger, Tupac, Kane West, Eminem, Prince, Beyonce, Keisha, and I could go on and on. Even more concerning is the profound use of the Eye of Horus, the Egyptian triangle, symbolism of the all-seeing eye, god of wealth and protection, currently representing the Illuminati and the Devil's Triangle. We also see this imagery on American money. This symbolism and other satanic symbols like the Baphomet was also used by Satanist Anton LaVey for rituals and Aleister Crowley whose famous slogan is do as thou wilt. We also know that humans can be possessed by this evil. Jesus cast out evil spirits from people and he told his followers they had the authority to cast them out in his name. There are a few who like to debate the meaning of possession to replace it with mental illness, but Jesus never described evil this way. I can bet artists who speak of these spirits, like Beyonce's Sasha Fierce, wouldn't describe herself to be mentally ill either. Rather, Jesus expelled spirits from possessing human bodies. 
In one instance, a legion of demons went into a swine of pigs after leaving a man. Spirits have a hierarchy and various strengths of power. Jesus explains to us that some spirits only leave through fasting and prayer. He also warns that spirits may leave or be forced to leave a person for a time, but they will attempt to come back with more of their friends. So humans should remain watchful and allow the Holy Spirit to rule in their heart. There are other notable differences between demonic beings we encounter. Some appear to be limited to the ground walking, while others form military-like strongholds in the heavens and have ability to war with the obedient angels of God. There is also a story of fallen angels who went outside of their boundary and left from places where they were authorized to roam. The scripture found in Jude chapter 1 ties them to the time of Egypt, similar to the same satanic symbolism we just mentioned. But this particular group of evil beings are bound in chains until the judgment. However, UFO sightings and the increased use of this symbolism coupled with the explosion of sexual immorality, also mentioned in Jude, might provide clues that history may be repeating itself, as fallen angels once again leave their boundaries, especially considering the time is short and Judgment Day is quickly upon us. We are given warning that Satan and his kind are masters at masquerading as light, but they are not the light. As we just read, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. These evil spirits are able to work deceitfully through beings who are not filled with the Holy Spirit that comes from God. The devil is a murderer, a liar, the father of lies, and causes one to self-mutilate by cutting. Satanic beings are spirits, so they do not rest, but it is impossible for them to be all-knowing or always present like God or His Holy Spirit. They are roamers, however they can be perceived as familiar, especially since they have remained among us since the book of Genesis, and will remain until they also receive their judgment. They are devoid of any empathy and lack even a drop of love. Satan can bring mighty winds and use them for destruction and death. He demands skin for skin, Job's 2 verse 4, or tick for tack and those who serve him crave revenge and will not be able to let go. Satan inflicts physical pain, he binds people in sickness, torments their mind, and is the greatest betrayer. He is the accuser of the saints, he is always scheming, a tempter, and causes a person to justify sinful behavior as one believes they can keep secrets from God. This is also known as lying to the Holy Spirit. He blocks a believer's journey. He is lawless in nature. Do as thou wilt, as we mentioned earlier. He can incite fear, but does not always make one feel afraid at first. He does have some power, as all angelic creations of God, but he is not equal to God, nor does he even come close to the power of Jesus Christ. If you remember, the spirits obeyed all that Jesus made them do. Satan displays his power through signs and wonders that help support his lies, and he claims to have so-called deep secrets. These are just a few clues to help you test the spirit you might be entertaining unaware. Satan is not divided in nature to oppose himself either. Jesus said his kingdom would fall. Satan is a thief. He is able to snatch up seed when a person hears the word of God before it has time to grow through misdirect, scoffing, and doubt. He consistently appeals to the natural mind. 
and can lead people to focus on mere human matters. Meaning, if you allow him, he can get you caught up in the things that only matter in this world instead of the spiritual things of God. Heaven or hell is forever, and heaven is our true home. He leads the whole world astray, which is why God's people are told not to be part of the world and to come out of the world's thinking. This world will be destroyed and Satan will be crushed. But there is another great evil. We've discussed so much here today about evil. Tune into part two where we talk about another evil just as great. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, open my eyes to the works of Satan in my life. Deliver me from evil. Jesus, I confess you are Lord over all that is seen and unseen and are the keeper of my soul. I repent of all of the ways I may be partnering with evil and ask you to send your holy angels to do your will in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Until Until next time, time, follow the the breadcrumbs. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our blog, and visit our website, breadcrumbministries.com. Listen to our podcast, donate to our ministry, or shop. 